0: If you own a small business, you might be asking yourself, can Tax Act help me do my business and personal taxes? The answer is yes. If the answer was no, it would have been pretty ill-advised of Tax Act to have asked that question in the first place. And Tax Act prides itself on not doing ill-advised things. In conclusion, Tax Act can help small business owners get their personal and business taxes done. Tax Act. Let's get them over with. Now is the time to bring new ideas to your
1: industry. And T-Mobile for Business has the advanced 5G solutions to make that happen. We're helping rethink patient-doctor interactions with real-time data sharing. We're tracking carbon with 5G sensors to help fight climate change. We're partnering with cities to connect roadways, cars, and drivers to minimize injuries. Disruptive thinking deserves a disruptive partner. So let's get started on what's next for your business. Step up your innovation at T-Mobile.com slash now.
0: This is Beyond a Reasonable Doubt, with your hosts, Mark Garagas and Gary Smith.
1: It never never gets old. I tell you... What never gets old is look at you with the Reasonable Doubt swag.
0: How about that? I got 48 of these sitting in my office, just ready to be shipped out to all the loyal listeners who have been commenting on YouTube, youtube.com slash Reasonable Doubt podcast. And for all the people that we've already mentioned who uh, have one coming their way, please reach out to me on Twitter at gpatricksmith. Smith. Let me know which episode that you were picked for and uh, give me an address and we'll get some stuff shipped out this week.
1: So I would think that I saw one, and I I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I'm going to crown it was, we should change the name to Garagus
0: and Gary goes.
1: Yeah, that was a good comment. That's a, that's a winner.
0: You know, I have to thank the, uh, the, the loyal listeners of my, uh, other silly podcast that I do with my friends water cooler, because that's something we've been saying on water cooler for about a year and a half now. It's uh it, that's a, that's a water cooler joke. So that person absolutely has a, a sweatshirt coming their way, reach out, give me an address and we'll get it in the mail. But, uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who's been watching, listening and commenting. We really do appreciate it. And I think Mark, we have to start off this weekend this this weekend's episode talking about the in my estimation very successful los angeles district attorney's debate that was hosted by los angeles magazine
1: yeah i mean uh, you did, uh, quite a uh, production you did there gary you and shane and uh was it was quite something why don't you give us some of the highlights
0: yeah you know uh, we had 10 candidates on stage including our current district attorney george gascon and uh we transformed uh engine company number 28 the uh, restaurant that we have in our building to uh, to a stage that accommodated 10 people and we had a uh, multi camera production streamed live to dot lamag.com you can go watch the replay of it there now if you like and uh, it was a lively debate you know it was uh, something of a nine on one campaign as i suppose you would sort of uh, you know uh anticipate when you've got an incumbent with nine people who are competing to take the job so it got a little chippy at times but i thought it was a uh, a very lively debate and a a great production by everyone at the los angeles magazine team so kudos to everyone involved the uh we pulled off something uh pretty impressive i think given the uh the time frame that we had to to make it work
1: watching from uh from far away i will tell you that it uh, Alex and John Rigardi, I thought, did a masterful job of kind of managing, you know, it's always tough to to deal with the debate to begin with. But when you've got 10 people and that kind of a um, uh, uh, contentious uh, nature, I thought it was done very well, like and very civilized. And there was good humor and then there was uh, actual uh, thoughtful policy that was discussed. All in all, I was very impressed.
0: I couldn't agree more. Alex and John, Alex and John were uh were excellent. They did a great job maintaining a, a, a handle on, you know, all of the different personalities, you know, when you have that kind of a, a platform, a lot of people trying to go back and forth. They uh they did a good job of keeping it under control and keeping it to a civilized uh nature, and I thought that it was a, a very good production, so I would encourage everyone to go to lamag.com and check that out if you haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, it was especially you know the, this the the LA county DA's races become uh, you know obviously it's it's huge when it comes to LA county but it's become a national um, issue if you will and uh, and so I, I think there was a lot of interest in it uh, that you normally would not see in a uh, LADA's race at least in the last 40 years that I've been around that's uh, it's they've always been competitive and heated so to speak especially the kind of post OJ verdict uh, vintage but this is one of the ones that kind of frames the uh, The criminal justice debate. And it's an interesting discussion. I mean, the idea of does uh, Prop 47, is that a a reason that there is an increase in homelessness and and the issues surrounding quality of life, uh, whether or not the focus of the prosecutions um, should be on the the kind of the, the traditional so-called lock them up, warehouse them or not, uh, it's, it's intellectually uh, challenging. I, uh, I know that it may be unpopular to, to talk about these statistics, but when you, when you do the analysis, it sure looks like that the crime is coming down, even though the perception of crime and public safety is quite the opposite.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that was something that uh, uh, several of the candidates highlighted. It, it does look in the statistics like the crime is coming down, but as a uh, you know someone who spends a lot of time in Los Angeles, it is um, you know to walk around downtown Los Angeles compared to ten or fifteen years ago, it would be hard to really marry those two facts. To to marry the fact that yes, the statistics are saying that, but what you see on on the street and uh, in your surroundings, um, they seem to be at odds. So that I think provided. For a uh, lively uh, topic of discussion, and I think that a lot of the candidates made eloquent points therein.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The, I, you know, uh, anybody who talks to me about it, I'll tell them that uh, I think part of the reason uh, is that there is a um, uh, an outdoor mental health crisis that is going on, yeah, and. I don't know. I, I just don't understand why that's left to the criminal justice system to manage that. Uh, that uh, that needs to be managed by people who are professionals. I think it's an awful lot to expect out of uh, deputies who are basically go through a number of weeks of training to then be thrown out either into county jail or on the street and expect them to have the, I, I think it's clearly they don't have the skill set or the training to deal with these kinds of things. It's a
0: constant struggle. I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, downtown Los Angeles where you and I both work. And I will say that while there is a lot that you see in downtown that is concerning, I don't necessarily feel unsafe at at all times. It's, it's more, you know, concern for the people that are on the street and the way that they're behaving and, and whether or not they are safe and healthy. But I do not feel necessarily a threat to myself. So I think there's a bit of a dichotomy there where people equate, you know, the amount of things that are being seen on the street with the level of safety. And I think that was something that was kind of highlighted in the debate as well. So I think that that's uh, an interesting thing. And, you know, we... uh We probably aren't going to get a clear winner out of this uh, this next uh, voting round. So we may have a uh, another debate uh, on the horizon between uh, George Gascon and whoever comes in second, because it does not look like someone's going to win outright, at least from my analysis and those I've spoken to.
1: No, it doesn't. And uh, I think that you will have a spirited runoff. Be interested to see who comes in in the top two. I'm uh, waiting to see. Speaking of, uh, you know, a segue, you know, last week we had Pete Flowers on as our guest and we started talking uh, pressure cookers and uh, we segued into the Fonnie Willis um, uh, controversy. Boy, I will tell you, for those who didn't see last week or haven't followed this, quite a bit has happened. For for those who don't know, Fonnie Willis is the... Uh, the county prosecutor who indicted uh, the former president and 18 others, I believe, on RICO charges in Georgia, Georgia a um, lawyer for uh, a gentleman who is charged, a gentleman by the name of Roman, I believe, R-O-M-A-N. This lawyer did done some uh research FOIA requests uh, had followed up on rumors she had heard and filed a blockbuster, for lack of a better term, a motion to not only uh, recuse the uh, special prosecutor that was appointed uh, by the uh, county prosecutor, But also, I think that there is going to be a motion or is a motion to dismiss that the prosecution itself is infected by none other than the fact that Mm -hmm. Nathan Wade, who is the special prosecutor uh, and has been paid in excess of six hundred and some odd thousand dollars to prosecute this case, is apparently, by all accounts, at least in the motion,
0: of Fonnie Willis. Yeah, I think he froze up there for a second, but he is alleged to be in a, uh, a romantic relationship with Fonnie Willis, and he is also alleged to have taken some uh, extravagant vacations with her that he has paid for, allegedly, with monies he has been paid by the state of Georgia. And it is also uh, alleged in the motion that he does not have the predicate um, trial uh, trial experience to be appointed to a, a prosecution like this. So that is, uh, for lack of a better term, as you said, a, certainly a blockbuster allegation. And now it has been um, Fani has been uh, compelled to produce uh, produce her evidence as far as why why this gentleman was appointed. And that's, uh, you know, certainly that's something we talked about with Peter Flowers. But uh, I think that's something that's going to be dominating the news in the weeks to come, because as you guys pointed out, you know, this is just uh, foolhardy to have not, you know, dotted your eyes and crossed your T's to be appointing someone like this. And this could very easily bring down the whole house of cards.
1: Well, the, the interesting judge McAfee, who has been handling this matter issued an order this past week. Do we have it a very terse uh, two or three sentence order in which I believe he ordered the office to respond to the allegations by, I think February 2nd with the hearing following closely after that and i think that uh there's also uh in connection with this i think as we take this on sunday i think there's a monday hearing in the divorce case and the motion to quash by Fonnie willis who is claiming that this is a fishing yeah there's the order you want to read it Gary?
0: Yeah, um, let me throw on my glasses here because I am getting old and my computer setup is screwed up today. Having read and considered the defendant's motion to dismiss and disqualify, filed January 8th, 2024. This matter is scheduled for an evidentiary hearing on Thursday, January 15th, 2024, 930 a.m. in courtroom 5A. The state is directed to file written response by February 2nd. So ordered this 18th day of January.
1: Yeah, so the date after Valentine's Day, uh
0: there's Yeah, the day after Valentine's Day is uh is when we'll get to the hearing. It's uh it's certainly something that we'll be watching very carefully and covering on forthcoming episodes, I would imagine.
1: Right? Uh I can't imagine a uh uh a hearing that I, I think everybody is waiting. I mean there was a um there was quite a bit of uh, speculation as to what uh, the willis was going to say and when and the idea of um i i believe so far gary if i'm not mistaken the only um response that she's had has been the um the appearance at a local
0: church am i right on that you are right at that on that and she uh played the race card to a certain extent and said that she is, uh, appalled that only the man of color who is involved is being targeted. And, um, you know, I, I guess my reaction to that was, well, that's the only person who you're in a alleged, you know, personal and sexual relationship with. So I don't understand exactly how you can point to that. That seems to be, uh, disingenuous and, uh, you know, obviously political, but, um, that seems to be her only real reaction to this so far, and it's uh it's confounding to be honest
1: well i um you know I had mentioned last week I've run a motion like I, I haven't had this particular fact situation, but I've had situations where the uh the so-called complaining witness slash victim has insinuated themselves into the grand jury indictment proceeding by virtue of having a a proxy there or a private eye there or an expert there. Uh, And there was controversy many years ago in L.A. County. We were uh, they were the, the insurance fraud units in L.A. County were being funded or subsidized or were getting grants from the insurance industry. And so there were all kinds of motions to recuse based upon that, what what, uh, appearance of impropriety, the nature of the conflict. What the argument is here, and the uh, lawyer for Roman can get the, the full name because she deserves um quite a bit as uh, we said the flowers last week even though the uh the uh, allegations are explosive and that there wasn't a whole lot of um exhibits filed in connection with this it's starting the the items and the evidence is starting to uh, come forward one of the reasons why this uh, motion to quash in the divorce case is going to be so interesting this coming week. And you know, for those who don't know or aren't in the weeds, apparently what happened is, is that Roman's lawyer, Ashley, had uh, either access to or was tipped off to the divorce filing where Wade's ex-wife was uh, making these allegations. And before that file was sealed, i apparently seen some of the evidence, including credit card receipts that had been filed and things of that nature, showing the, the names and, and dates and trips involved. The argument is that, and by the way, there's another component to this, Gary, which I was waiting for somebody to, um, uh, for this, this uh, other ball to drop, so to speak. Did I send you or do you have the letter from the audit committee of the local county down there, the Fulton County Audit Committee? Because I was waiting for, and now we saw within the past couple of days, there is an audit committee because one of the things that, that happens is you have to get... Um, Most prosecutors in most counties have a budget. The budget is generally supplied by the county. And that seems to be the case here in Fulton County. So now you've got the board of commissioners of Fulton County writing to Fondy Willis January 19th in the last couple of days and saying, here's the... um, The chair of the Fulton County Audit Committee, I must recently inquire about allegations contained in a recent court filing. They involve your decision to appoint Nathan Wade. Uh, He's alleged to lack relevant prosecutorial experience, have paid your portion of multiple instances of leisure travel, and be in a romantic relationship with you, separate from any inquiry by the state of Georgia to requires confirmation of whether the county funds provided and its prosecutorial function were used in an appropriate manner. And then they go on to list, a, uh, a kind of a laundry list
0: yeah, a litany of, of different things that they're concerned about. And Ashley merchant is the, uh, the attorney for uh, the attorney that you were referencing earlier. Um, Yeah, it's you know, this this just seems to be crumbling uh, around Fonnie Willis in in many different ways. And just it's you know, it's a very surprising and, and interesting way that this all seems to be shaking down.
2: Hey, everybody, what's up? It's Gina Grad. And when you're searching for the perfect piece of jewelry, it can be hard to find a brand you trust. Alex and Ani has been creating meaningful jewelry for over 20 years, designing pieces that connect you with all of life's important moments. With an emphasis on value, there is truly something for everyone. They've recently launched their everyday collection I could not love it more. These pieces are made from stainless steel and an advanced water-resistant plating method that doesn't tarnish. It has the look of real gold. It's beautiful. I love these pieces because they feel so classic, but they have so much versatility. Alex and Ani are also featuring some gorgeous pieces that I have right here, like Black Lotus, this gorgeous Black Lotus charm necklace, and their Stay Wild pendant, and their Wings of Protection necklace that have a classic and vintage feel. See that? And of course, you can't forget their signature bangle bracelets, which I'm also wearing. And I have a lot of their stuff. I have the numerology bracelets. I have the hula dancer to commemorate a meaningful trip I took to Hawaii. From classic to bold statement pieces, Alex and Ani makes it easy to sprinkle your personality into each piece or make a truly meaningful gift for someone you care about. Meanwhile, you can take comfort in knowing that you're shopping with a socially conscious brand. As Alex and Ani has donated over six, $60 $60 million to nonprofits worldwide, connecting fashion and philanthropy in an easy, fun, affordable way. Right now, Alex and Ani is offering our audience 20% off. So check their gorgeous collection out at alexandani.com and use the promo code MIDAS, that's M E I D A S at alexandani.com. Use that promo code at checkout for 20% off your order. Come and get something beautiful.
1: You know, one of the other interesting issues getting ahead of ourselves, the judge issued that order that they have to reply by February 2nd at the office of Fannie Willis, set a hearing, as we mentioned, for the day after Valentine's Day. But if I'm not mistaken, Judge McAfee also worked for Fannie Willis right up until the time that he was appointed. Uh, there is. And if she is going to testify at any hearing, and I can't imagine that she wouldn't. I mean, she's either going to have to file a declaration in response to this by February 2nd. She's going to she's already filed or her lawyer has filed in the divorce case a declaration. Uh, and the, now the county is asking the audit committee, as we just showed, is asking for some accountability. I don't know that Judge McAfee is going to be able to preside over this hearing, given the fact that they're depending on what Fonnie Willis's position is. There, there could be an issue of credibility They're I mean, making a credibility call. And if you used to work for the person um, within the last year that you are now smack dab in the middle of a hearing about and asked to make calls on credibility or questions of credibility. I think there is a uh, I don't know that the, the defense is going to want to go there. Probably not. But there certainly is going to be a discussion as to whether or not he has to recuse himself himself from hearing this motion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just absolutely fascinating the way that this all has been entangled and, and, you know, how exactly it's going to go forward. But it's uh, it's certainly a blockbuster development in the case against Trump that I don't think really anyone saw coming. And kudos, kudos, by the way, to Ashley Merchant for sussing this out and doing the FOIA requests and finding the, you know, credit card receipts that that pointed to these instances of luxury travel and and all of this stuff. I mean, that's that's some good work. And she certainly deserves whatever she's being paid for working on this case.
1: Yeah, the um, there was some speculation in one of the articles I was reading today whether it was her or whether it was her client or client is you know the the way they describe the client, Mr. Roman, is the Republican operation uh, operative who is uh, s- steeped in uh, opposition research, whatever you want to do. The fact is, however, this is a whale of an issue. Uh, that is not going to be not going to go away um, anytime soon, number one, and has already been uh, embraced wholeheartedly by the former president. I, this this actually now tees up, I think, the the fact that the Supreme Court is still deciding um, or will decide, presumably a district court is still deciding um some of the issues on the classified documents case that the January 6th case is presently on hold. This case now appears to be derailed. We're left with the Stormy Daniels Hush Money case that's uh, set for trial in uh, March in New York State Court as the uh, first case that was brought and maybe the first case that actually gets to trial at some point uh, absent something getting in the way of that as well.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely wild given that this was, I I believe if you, you know, look back a few months, this was probably the one that everyone looked at and said, this is the strongest case and this is the one with the most teeth. And now as a result of a personal relationship, it, it appears to be crumbling from four different directions.
1: Yeah, I'd say, I mean, this is, for those who are dismissive, this is a whale of an issue. You cannot have, um, this is not going to be sorted out quickly, I, or if it is sorted out quickly, it's going to it's going to embroil and it, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to have tentacles that spread out in every direction, because part of the argument by the defense is going to be, look, this is a case that is um, uh, poisoned, if you will, by everything that is being alleged in the first place and you can't you know, I'd seen uh, no less than Norm Eisen, who is a about as strong a Democrat as you're going to find. Norm, Isaac, a Democrat, a very well thought of lawyer, was suggesting that she needs to step aside now. I don't think that that cures the issue. Obviously, anybody who has practiced will tell you that the the problem here, if you're if you're even uh, remotely objective, is that the idea of bringing the grand jury of what kind of charges to bring of all of the things that lead up to an indictment of what you use and everything else are completely uh, enveloped by the prosecutorial discretion. If the discretion is compromised in any way and if there is this uh, the compromise in the relationship of the appointment and the appointment was untoward in the first place, it tends to unravel and taint the rest of the prosecution. And that's why this is not just a recusal motion, but also uh, expansively a dismissal motion as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I'll come back to what I said before. I We should really talk to Scott Grubman again about Kenneth Cheesebro. You wonder... If Cheesebro and Sidney Powell are having second thoughts as to entering pleas here or Jenna Ellison, what, you know the, the are there going to be motions to set aside their pleas depending on what unfolds here? because I how can you accept a plea? Uh, based on a prosecutor who you are saying is gravely ethically disabled in the first place
0: yeah it certainly would be a much different calculus today than it was when they entered those pleas so I would certainly think that those people are going to be looking at those those pleas and and reconsidering very very strongly
1: yeah absolutely well gary have we run out of time I could I know that uh, we've talked about this and uh, there's there's other cases, but we'll circle back next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that we uh we have run our run our course for this weekend, but we will be back next week. So look forward to that. And uh, please do like and subscribe, comment. Go to YouTube.com/slash Reasonable Doubt Podcast, subscribe and comment as you uh, see this beautiful merch, which has uh more on the back that I am not in a position to show. But we've got uh, so a. You're not
1: gonna turn. You're not gonna do the pirouette.
0: Uh, I I don't think I can without looking like a fool. So. We'll uh, we'll save it. Maybe I'll wear it uh, backwards next week and you guys can see the hoodie flopping in front of me, but uh, we've got some beautiful stuff here. So do comment and uh, we will get some stuff shipped out. Hit me up on Twitter at G Smith if you've already been deemed a winner and we will get it out this week. Mark, thank you so much for your time. I hope you uh, enjoy your travels and stay safe and I will look forward to seeing you very soon.
1: Thank you, Gary. Great job again on uh, this past week. On the debate.
0: Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash reasonable doubt podcast.